politicians good morning well, i guess it's more of like good evening now it's like yeah the sun's bye. already starting to go down <laughs> yeah it doesn't feel like that on my end i mean it, i mean it's still very like high in the sky yeah you know that's why you know it's almost summer because you know it's still light out when it's like seven o'clock <laughs> yeah <laughs> which exactly. is a good thing let's introduce ourselves uh so sure. Okay, so I'll guess, do you want to start or I'll start? Or? Sure. Um, I'm Maxine. Hello. Uh, yeah, so I'm a filmmaker and I'm currently quarantined and bored. And apparently it's been extended. <laughs> this whole quarantine is extended for 30 days, so I'll be more bored than ever. But yeah, I'm just trying to learn new skills, do me, focus on self-reflection. Ooh la la. <laughs> How about you, Corey? Who are you? Yes. Well, you just said my name, but... <laughs> but I didn't say your last name. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, well, my name is Corey. No relation. <laughs> All right, my name is... <laughs> so, my name is Corey Brumfield. He, him, his. I am also a filmmaker. Oh, my goodness. When it comes to this, like, quarantining, because I'm also in quarantine. We're actually not in the same location recording yeah. right now. Um, yeah. Which is which is which is pretty cool at the same time. Uh, you know, we're kind of like social distancing, but at the same time, we're still very much connected. Yeah, guess that's why you gotta love Zoom. And yeah. no, this is not an ad for Zoom. <laughs> we just we're using Zoom, yeah, and it's just great. <laughs> yeah, just using Zoom to help us like record and stuff like that, since we're so far from each other. Yeah. Um, Oh, but speaking of, I mean, I guess you touched on a little bit of what you plan to do during quarantine, but like, I don't know, like how we've been quarantined for at least two months already. Um, At least if you've been social distancing or quarantining properly, you've been kind of isolated for at least two months already. So how's, do you feel like that's impacting you or how do you, how are you feeling? How do you feel? (laughs) I, um... It's like a love and hate relationship with quarantine. Cause at first, like, it's like, oh, I finally get a break from work, and like, you know, I can finally like focus on things that I need to do, I want to do. But then it quickly died, cause like, I started missing people, mm-hmm. and I didn't realize how badly I wanted a hug until I stopped. I started to get tired of hugging my family. <laughs> I love my family, but like, like I'm tired of hugging y'all. <laughs> I know, but like. I get it. I love y'all. I need to see other people, you know? Um, but yeah, I, this quarantine is, it's the, it's the perfect time to like relax, but it's also perfect time to learn new things or to like really rethink your life, you know, Mm -hmm. in a different way. I've been rethinking my life in a way where like, I'm more concerned about my health more than ever. And I'm just doing my part in like, you know, trying to learn how to keep my body strong during this time, especially in a time where like you can't go out to the gym or you can't go out to the park as you know after as you used to because you could get infected or infect other people if you're asymptomatic. My goal for quarantine is to actually, you know, develop more skills in film and to like probably go into herbalism. That's like I see myself doing both of those things. Ooh. And I just I don't know. I fell in love with herbalism because of my grandma and I didn't mm-hmm. even know I started loving herbalism until like I started, you know, take care of my health last year. I uh-huh. tried to like cut off all meat. Um, I'm still like pescatarian, but I'm slowly going to like cut that off and I'm going to cut off eggs. But, you know, I cut off like most of the meats, like the steaks mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's, especially now I, I'm even more serious because like 
you know, after like a good year of not eating meat, like I'm, I don't have the craving for it anymore. And now even for like fish and eggs, like I'm starting to lose my taste for it. I'm like going more into like herbalism and just filling myself with teas and smoothies and, you know, eating as healthy as I possibly can. Um, But yeah, I'm trying to see like, and doing my research, like I've been researching like crazy on like good herbs or how to like make your own like herbal medicines and stuff because I do not believe in the doctor. No, (laughs) I feel like, (laughs) oh yeah, go ahead. (laughs) So so is herbalism like a, like a dietary thing? Is it like uh, one of those herbal tummy cheese or like, what exactly is like? No, herbalism is like. So, like, you have, like, your pharmaceutical type of medicine where, like, you get a pill to make your symptoms go away uh-huh. and stuff. But herbalism is, like, you go to the earth. You go to, like, the herbs that the earth created. Like, you know, you use sage. You use rosemary. You use those type of things. Or you use your fruits and vegetables to mm-hmm. cure yourself. And not to, like, say, like, cure yourself of, like, you know, a disease, but, like, to mitigate it and find the cause of the disease. Like, you're doing more introspection but more so for your health um and your physicalities whereas medicine especially with like with pills like nyquils and stuff like that you know you're you're just healing the symptom and you're not finding out what's the cause you're not trying to prevent the causes Mm -hmm. anymore you know so like that's at least that's what it is to me how i've researched it and stuff that's how i'm understanding it like it's you taking more action into your own health and but you're using the earth the medicines of the earth instead of the medicines of mankind <laughs> okay so less tr- less about treating the symptoms and more about just creating a more healthy and guess environment from the inside out i guess for your body yeah. mm-hmm. and okay. like i've heard like a lot of good things that have happened to people when they've like lived that herbalist lifestyle you know, there are people who are looking young, but they're like in their 60s or 50s. You know, there are people who have healed themselves of like autoimmune diseases, you know. Um, so like it's really beneficial to like at least incorporate some, you know, form of herbalism in your diet, you know, to yeah. keep yourself healthy, especially in these times, honestly. Yeah. Speaking of these times... if you get a chance you know what a time to uh be alive did you get a chance to see the erica badu and jill scott um face off or versus on instagram the other day no wait what happened i guess to go since you didn't see just be brief about it Mm -hmm. so pretty much on yesterday on at least as of the recording of this episode yesterday, uh, Jill Scott and, you know, the musical artist Jill Scott and Eric Abadu, they were having, so people wanted them to have like a versus, kind of like a DJ versus sort of thing, where they kind of just pick different songs from their catalog that, you know, they've either written or produced or sung themselves and different things like that, and yeah. kind of match, kind of face off against each other. Um, a lot of these verses are, kind of in like a very friendly vein and others are kind of like you know people want to see who's better like swiss beats versus timberland like who's like who's the better you know producer and stuff like that mm. um but you know i was listening to this one and it was really great because of course because they actually started off with a song that they that they both did right um yeah. they started off with uh, you got me which is a song written by joe scott 
you know, for Erica Badu, um, mm. which Erica Badu originally performed. And then later on, at like a live performance, Jill Scott was able to perform it live in kind of on, in concert. You know, they've both kind of performed, have their own renditions of that, of the same song, which is, which is great because, you know, that kind of set the tone for the entire evening because, you know, unlike kind of other battles where it's like, I don't want to say where where it was like kind of back and forth, tit for tat or anything like that. I think a lot of these verses have been very kind of like, there's been a lot of respect and admiration for each other in a lot of these battles. But the amount of like love they were showing each other, you know, like last night was really, was really good. It was really like mm. nice to like kind of just be, not necessarily in the room because it was kind of virtual, but kind of just be in that like space that they created their music and stuff like that and also talking about you know how it really seems like outside of you know music and things like that they are good friends and they do have uh, deep love for each other respect for each other and admiration for each other's talents mm. and I think that's kind of something that was really highlighted throughout the entire evening so it was it was really just really good vibes all around so I was glad to be able to you know experience it yeah i didn't see it late, but yeah oh man me and my social media jesus christ it was really good <laughs> yeah i i wish i'd seen it yeah it's i mean busy... hopefully i don't know if joe stuff because it was a uh, ig live so maybe joe scott saved it to like sometimes you could save your your stories yeah um, so i don't know if she saved it or not it would be great if she did that way yeah. people can kind of you know go back and you know listen to it Mm-hmm. So wait, how are you adapting with the times? You said you were watching and experiencing Jill Scott and Erica Baidu. What else are you doing in the quarantine? I mean, as far as the quarantine, you know, outside of this, I'm an essential worker. So I haven't really been like quarantined in the same mm-hmm. sense. You know, as far as me, it's kind of been like same old, same old. As far as I'm still waking up still going to work, still going out and kind of doing what I have to do to get to work and get back. But it's more of like all of the other things that have kind of been stripped or moved away. So it's like, yes, I'll get up and go to work. But at the same time, I don't get to go out and like, say, say like date night, right? You don't Mm -hmm. get to go out and have dinner at a restaurant or, or anything like that. You Mm -hmm. don't really, can't really go out and hang out with like your friends on the weekends and things like that. So there's a lot of other social things that have kind of been like stripped away. So it's like, well, you know, on the one hand, I still get to like go to work and I get to be, you know, so, um, somewhat social with like my coworkers and things like that. But then when it comes to like my social circle, the people who I really kind of like connect with and like, you know, in bond with and things like that, mm-hmm. like, yeah, that kind of aspect is kind of like not really there. For the most part, I'm a very, I'm very much like a homebody, I guess. You know, if I'm not, when I'm not out, I'm generally like, you know, in my room doing my own thing or, you know, playing, you know, video games or kind of reading or doing whatever. It hasn't been like harsh on me or anything like that. I can't say I've been experiencing any sort of like crippling anxiety or anything like that, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, for me, it's just kind of been like, well, things could be better, but it could be worse. So. Yeah, I feel you. I was trying to block some wind <laughs> by muting. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, 
uh, I feel like in this quarantine, I just feel like um, I've become more codependent on my family members more than ever. Really? <laughs> um, like, yeah. How, like, how so? Oh, man. I I feel like I'm not fulfilling my purpose to the best of my potential. Mm-hmm. And you know how I was telling you, like, I was doing self-reflection, introspection and stuff. That was one of the goals um, during this quarantine. And I... I've come to realize, like, even before this quarantine, I've had some codependent, what you call it, qualities, um, mm-hmm. you know, and just to, like, you know, let the listeners know what codependency is, um, I also found it on Google, and um, according to, like, Sharon Martin's counseling, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's a few qualities that one has to have in order to be, you know, I guess, diagnosed as codependent. Uh, let me just get it for you. Well, I'll tell you from memory. <laughs> yes, because we're not going to let the listeners wait that long. <clears throat> Codependency is when you have or, you know, you're either the enabler or you're the person doing the irresponsible or acting out in poor behavior. And, you know, there's a person who is um, enabling your behavior or you are the one enabling their behavior, even though you're not being honest with yourself and it's, you know, something that you don't want to do, but you do it anyway, you know? It's kind of like an addiction, but, like, you have this other person you're depending on instead of, like, an object like alcohol or um, food, for example, you know? Um, Some of the qualities that I know that were, like, hit me personally was, like, the people pleaser and having, like, the martyr complex where, like, you do all this people pleasing, but, like, it you know, even though like you people please, it doesn't make you feel good and you feel resentful and angry and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking to myself, like, where did I get this from? And sometimes like I'm listening to like conversations with my mom or like I'm having conversations with like other family members and I'm like, that's where I got it from. Okay. <laughs> okay. Time to change. Cause yeah. we can't have that, you know, but I'm so glad in that sense for the quarantine. Cause if I didn't take the time to stop and actually look within myself, I probably wouldn't have realized I was codependent. You know, or like enabling codependent behavior because I feel like I have both, or maybe you know I have to do more introspection. Yeah, diagnose myself. Yes. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I personally. Do? You should get a psychiatrist. <laughs> yes. Psychiatrists are great. I personally try to avoid self-diagnoses. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I would never, like, for example, I would never say, "Oh, yeah, you know, I'm depressed or bipolar or any like." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even like in casual or jest. Um, even though I would say that I have, like, if someone were to ask, I'd be like, you know, I have depressive, you know, ad- episodes or, like, moments where, like, I have, like, depressed, like, where I feel depressed and things like that, mm-hmm. you know. But I feel like as far as giving myself a hard case diagnosis, yeah, I'd probably leave that to the professor. To the psychologist. Because <laughs> you never know. There could be a whole underlying thing, underlying, yeah. you know, <laughs> issues. You think it's just this one thing and you go and find out it's like 12 things you're like wow yeah I'm really messed up yeah definitely go to a psychologist don't only diagnose yourself mm-hmm. you know and also just be mindful of like what are you ingesting you know mm-hmm. what I mean like sometimes I'm looking at like media and I'm like you know what there are things that I'm ingesting in media that like enables my codependent behavior too mm-hmm. you know like romance movies for example like the notebook or twilight like i used to love film like those type of romance films 
But it's not until like I rewatched it again. I'm like, yo, they have a really toxic relationship, a mm-hmm. codependent relationship, if anything. But these are like the type of things I would ingest. And these are probably some things pe- other people are ingesting too. It's not until now that I realize like I need to be careful of what I watch. I need to be careful of like what I listen to and stuff because those things, they feed you, you know, it's just like food. Your body takes in all these types of things, you know, and it's trying to process how it can, you know, take it and use it to help you survive, you know, to the best of its ability. And uh, for me, like, I definitely have to change that. I just, I see the signs, you know, and it's something that I think that most people need to just do the introspection because it, it, for me, like, I feel like a lot of people might have that same issue too. It's not just me. And it's so subtle. It's like one of those subtle killers. Um, it's not something that you would right away notice until you like stop. So just take the time. This is the time, you know? Yeah, definitely. I would say if there is, you know, I, I know some people have issues with the thinking of like, oh, you know, silver linings and stuff like that. But I do think if there's any positive takeaways, you know, from us quarantining and stuff like that, is the fact that we do have a chance to be very introspective and kind of just like life has kind of forced us to like stop and really have a like hard look, you know, at our lives and what we've been doing so far. A lot of people, you know, we tend to distract ourselves with work and friends and partying and going out and doing this and doing that. And right now we have nothing but time. And kind of like you said, in the beginning, it's like cool, like the folk, like it's a, focus on this or that, trying, still trying to find ways to fill up our time because we're so used to being busy and not really taking time on ourselves. Mm-hmm. Once, you know, we just can't do that anymore, we're just left with ourselves and we're left with our own thoughts and our own feelings and we have to really sit down and like, and kind of deal with those things. Um, so, like, you know, like with you kind of being introspective and kind of being like, you know what? I've been noticing I have certain behaviors that I'm not liking, and I think mm. I'm going to take the time to change them. But I can't say I've, as far as being introspective, I haven't had the same, come to the same conclusions of, as, I haven't come to the same conclusion of mm-hmm. saying, like, oh, these are the things I'd like to change. Mm-hmm. When it does come to, like, say, looking at the roadmap of how I want the year to go, and like how it's been so far and things like that. It's definitely like, stop what you're doing, sit back and kind of be like, this is where you're heading if you're still doing the same things you're doing now. Yeah. And, but where do you want to go? And if those things aren't aligned, where do you feel like you need to make the changes so that you, know, you are more aligned to move in the direction that you want to? You know, exactly. one of those for me has definitely been like, for the longest time, it's like, like, hey, I want to do a podcast, I want to do a podcast, I want to do a podcast. And, I mean, I've done podcasts in the past, and I've, like, recorded episodes that have never been released and stuff in the past, and I've worked with people before. But, you know, I definitely feel like this is, like, you know, we're here now. This is going to be our first episode and our first step towards, you know, kind of building something that will hopefully, hopefully be a little bit more, you know, longer lasting than some of the past projects that I've tried to like put together. Yeah. Yeah. I love that positive. Something else that I noticed that's a positive too is social media, like mm-hmm. social media in this time, especially you heard about the Ahmad case, right? 
Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, why don't you talk about it? Because you know more than me about that case. I mean, I'm gonna say no more. All I know so far is that. So evidently, let me actually let me pull up the article because yeah. Google is our friend. <laughs> um, yes, it is. Google is amazing. So there was Ahmad Arbery who, you know, minding his business, kind of living his life, doing his, just going about his day as he normally would. You know, he decided to go out for a jog, and for whatever reason, that is just beyond my personal comprehension to understand these two white men whose names are Gregory McMichael, who's the father, 64, and his 34-year-old son, uh, Travis McMichael, decided that they want to chase down after Arbery with their guns. And after some sort of like verbal altercation where they felt like, oh, I guess he wasn't complying with, you know, their commands, even though they had no authority over him to give him, issue any such commands to him, they gunned him down with a shotgun. And this happened all the way back in February. And there's kind of been, we actually didn't even really hear about it till like, at least I didn't hear about it till like maybe mid-April. So, you know, that's nearly a month and a half, almost two months where, you know, there was like silence on this case. And, Honestly, the more we kind of hear about it, the crazier wilder it gets because then we find out that evidently the Georgia uh, district attorney was trying to kind of like, I guess you could say that they were trying to bury the case where they tried to say that there wasn't enough evidence, say that Ahmad was not justifiably killed, you know, that you know, that the McMichaels weren't justified in, you know, quote-unquote standing their ground and then murdering this innocent man, you know, who was unarmed, who was minding his business, taking, you know, a jog through his neighborhood. Um, and it's, again, it's kind of wild because, again, it was almost nearly two months before we even heard about it. And even like a month after we were like all this like kind of media attention, you know, the DA was only only considering, you know, pressing charges, you know, and it wasn't until a while after that that they officially decided to press charges against these two men. So for nearly, for two, nearly three months, you know, after these two individuals murdered, you know, an innocent man, they're just now being like charged and like arrested. So, this is America, so. Don't catch you slipping up. Seriously, who would have thought, like, well, we know, but, like, who would think that we would keep singing that song? You know what I mean? Like, you think with all the messaging that we've put out about this, that people would start to get it, and it just feels like we're hitting a wall. You know what I mean? Like, we're just talking to, like, a wall, and the wall can't respond to us. It makes me feel like I'm going insane. I you mean, know, it's definitely talking to uh, it's one of those things which is like tiring. It's tiring, you know, going on social media every day and like, you know, whether it's, you know, regular internet trolls who are just, you know, who decide to throw out racial slurs and things like that in the middle of a conversation just because they're losing an argument or debate. You know, it's annoying whether it's just like you decide to post a picture of yourself or, or anything like that and you have all these comments some of them which are like racially charged and things like that it's just 
or it's tiring when you go on social media day after day and you just see another black person, innocent black person who has been helplessly murdered. And then there's no sort of like accountability or, you know, punishment towards the perpetrator. Uh, similarly, mm-hmm. similarly, there is a, a um, March 13th, uh, Brianna Taylor, you know, a black woman just minding her own business, living her life in her own home. Um, and I believe the Louisiana police, or no, not Louisiana, sorry, the Louisville Metro Police Department, I guess they were doing some sort of like raid or bust or whatever, but they had the wrong address, they had the wrong person, so they bust down uh, Brianna's doors, burst into her home, and shot her eight times and murdered her, right? And the suspect that they were looking for, that they were trying to arrest, had already been in police custody, you know, so it's like, there's this major breakdown in communication, I would say, within you know the police department that led to the murder of an innocent woman. And where's the accountability? Yeah. Now, this isn't like an oopsies. <laughs> we made a mistake, guys. We'll we'll do better next time. You know, a life is. It's not. Yeah, a life is gone. There's no respawn there's no do-over there's no bringing her back you know her life is done and then the impact that has on her friends and families and loved ones who cared about her you know they're going to feel they're going to be impacted for the rest of their lives by this tragedy in this moment so it's like who's getting held accountable yeah and that i feel like you know life is just like people's lives especially are just taken for granted it's not just her that we lost it's not just you know um Ahmad that we lost we lost the generations that they could have had the impact they could have made in society we lost their future and future that they could have had on our lives mm-hmm. you know um we lost it all and for what oh because you don't like the color of my skin or their skin you know what i mean or oh because we're suspicious looking like that's not a good enough reason to kill anybody and there shouldn't be a reason to kill anybody the first job of an officer is to protect not kill when has the law changed you know when has that ever changed yeah but the law was never really meant to serve us it's never really been Mm -hmm. meant to serve you know people of color in general so it's one of those things where generally like when i talk about you know racism or different things like that what a lot of people don't get is that we're not just talking about individual circumstances. We're not just talking about individual experiences. We're talking about a system, you know, that, you know, has cause and effect. This, you know, these things happen because of the system and these are the outcomes. Yeah, there are some people who are, you know, blessed to not have to deal with some of the negative effects of the system. But the overwhelming majority of the people still are negative, still are very negatively impacted by these systems and institutions that were not built for us. They were built on our backs. They were built with our blood, sweat, and tears, and, you know, with our very lives. But they were never meant to serve us. Um, Mm -hmm. 
people don't like to hear it, but this is just the kind of system doing what it does. Yeah. It's kind of just an everyday thing. It's like, oh, you killed a black person, or you killed a person of color, or you killed a trans person. It's like, whatever, their lives don't matter much. Therefore, we can like easily sweep this under the rug, not investigate it, mm-hmm. not really put in all the effort to like bring justice to the families yeah. who have been impacted by this tragedy. So, yeah, that's the why it's it's a great thing that we have social media, and I wish our ancestors could have had social media back then too, you know, because then like there's just so many stories that have been swept under the rug that we don't even know about. And mm-hmm. it's, we're lucky to even know about this one because now we're bringing awareness and we're putting people accountable of their jobs. It's your job to protect. We may not, it was the laws probably were, you know, were never meant to be for us as colored people, but we are here, you know, there's nothing that's going to change that. We are here this is now, you need to do something. You need to make it about us, you know? And now it just, I feel like every time we take a step forward with this, we're doing a great job at talking about this. We're taking action. It's like we take 10 steps back and we're losing more people than gaining more. And I don't mean like reproductively. I'm just meaning like more diversity in places that need people of color. Like we need people of color in places where the system is unjust so that they can make it just and we need those people who are there just because you're black doesn't mean that you're going to get it either because you'll be surprised um just because you're there you still need to do your job as a black person as an asian person as a spanish person if you're there do your job help and serve the people so that we never have to be a part of this anymore like how many black mothers are going to cry on the table you know, mourning their lost children. How many people, Black people, are going to, like, live in fear over the children that they have or the siblings that they have or the friends that they have who are, you know, of color? You know, how many people are we going to lose in order for it to get better? You know, it just seems like it's always getting worse. And, you know, my eyes as a Black woman, in my eyes, it always feels like it gets worse. And for me, like, I have this overwhelming fear for all of my, you know, friends and family members who are Black, including myself. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I just wish people could just see that we're more than just a color. This system needs to represent us all as a whole, especially now that we're here. We mm-hmm. are here because this is supposed to be the melting pot of all nationalities, apparently, you know? Um, so we need to step up our game because there's other countries who don't even brag about that who are doing way better than us. The idea of the two Americas... You know, there's the America that people like to present, you know, the white America, the gleaming America, the the idealistic America that's like, oh, you know, this is the American dream where you can come here and work hard and obtain everything that you ever desired in your life and blah, 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 blah. And then there's the Black America. Then there's, you know, the America where people are living every day. And it's the America where you could be minding your business, you could be jogging, you know, down the street, you could be sitting down, eating breakfast and playing video games with your nephew, you could be awake sitting in your car waiting to get a, you know, a a ticket for a regular traffic stop, you could be coming from your own bachelor party, getting ready to be married the next day. You could be sitting in your own backyard doing nothing. You could be, you know, like a child 
in a park, you know, playing with a toy gun. You could be a little girl in her bed sleeping who is just doing nothing. And it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter what you say. You know, there's always a chance and possibility that it'll happen to you and that your life will be taken. And oops, (laughs) well, you know, I feared for my life or that's, you know, we made a mistake, but we'll do better next time. But there's no real sense of accountability. There's no real sense of like justice. There's nothing really. And they just sweep it under the rug. Like it's normal, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's because people are just enabling this behavior. They're just allowing this to continue because nobody is being heard. Right now, we need more representation so that we can be heard, honestly, because it's just too sad to have so many people dying for what? It's such a stupid reason, because I'm Black. Because I'm Black. It makes no sense. Yet you have white people literally going to the Michigan Capitol with guns, talking about protesting with guns let that be black people and we would have already been shot you know what i mean yeah and it's just one of those things where it's like you know again like you said you can have people march on the michigan capitol with guns talking about and they're protesting for honestly they're just they're protesting for their right to get sick and to get other people sick Mm -hmm. and to possibly die and kill other people because that's Because that's what it comes down to, at least when it comes to the whole, that process that was happening, you know, so that Mm -hmm. they was like, oh, you know, I don't want to be quarantining and things like that. It's like so many people in this country are just so selfish. Yeah. Like like Americans in general are just like really, really selfish. Mm -hmm. Um, We have like a really selfish uh, kind of sentiment about us as like a nation. I think, and that spreads to like different minority groups as well. I think overall, as a country, we're pretty selfish, but then, you, but then you kind of see like the height of that selfishness. Mm-hmm. It's like you have people like we're trying to lock down and isolate ourselves and quarantine in order to mitigate as many deaths as possible because we have we're in the middle of a global pandemic, and you know every day, you know hundreds of people are dying from the disease that we have no cure for that we don't completely understand yet that we're still trying to build a vaccine for and then you have people who are just like well i don't care about that open the economy because i need to make money yeah whether it's you know whether it's politicians talking about opening the economy and then whoever dies dies but that's the sacrifice we need to make or you have people protesting with their guns talking about you know i need to be able to it's my right to go to a hair salon and get my hair done it's my right to see my father. It's my right to kind of do all these other things. It's my right to not listen and to not be on lockdown. My right to kind of go out and do as I please with no sort of like care in the world for how my actions impact all the people around me. Yeah, that's what happens when you have too much freedom to a select few. Because other people who don't have that same freedom to just grab a gun and go to the Capitol, understand the, why it's needed to be quarantined, why we need this. We, if we all just quarantined ourselves for a couple of weeks, we would have been got rid of it if we all just quarantined. 
I mean, no. I don't think we would have got rid of it because, you know, even in other countries where they did lock down and they, they got it pretty much under control. Under control. Know, yeah, that's the better word. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. still lingering. Um, some people have caught it once and they caught it again. Um, or yeah. some people are getting a second outbreak of like a variant of COVID-19. Yeah. Um, but again, we'd be in a much better place in May or may not. We may have had a lot fewer deaths if our government took it as seriously mm-hmm. as possible when they first were notified of this incoming pandemic. If us as American citizens took it very seriously when we were informed that there's a, a global pandemic coming around yeah. um, and that it's getting people sick and that people are dying. Yeah. And that, that we as a country took it seriously when it was suggested that we quarantine ourselves and kind of lock down as a way to, you know, s- to slow the spread of disease and flatten the curve and to, not make, to make sure that our medical field isn't so completely overwhelmed with new patients coming in that, you know, their morgues are filled so full to the brim that they have ice trucks or freezers just coming in to just dump all the extra body, the dead bodies that they have because they they have no more room in their morgues, you know? That we we can save so many more people, kind of like the pain and anguish of having lost a lot, having lost a loved one, if we just kind of thought a little bit less about, well, I don't want to quarantine. This is so disruptive to my everyday life, so inconvenient, you know? That's kind of one thing when they talk about this is, oh man, you're oppressing me by not allowing me to go and enjoy my kind of whatever. It's like... You don't even know half of oppression, okay? Like you really don't understand what oppression is. Yeah. Um, And that's sad. That sounds like a spoiler brat. I know that's not politically correct to say, but that sounds like a spoiler brat. I just feel so heartbroken for Ahmad's family. You know, having to go through all this before his birthday, Mm -hmm. even came, and before Mother's Day. You know, how are they coping on this Mother's Day not having their son to celebrate, Mm -hmm. you know, with them as a family? They just lost a family member. And here we are talking about, oh, let's open the economy and let more people die. Oh, let me sweep this case under the rug so that no one else finds out. Why are we even doing that? This is the country we live in, for better or for worse. This is the space we need to navigate and find ways to try to navigate it, you know, as safely as possible and as much to our benefit as possible. So, And we all need healing. Oh, we all yeah. need healing right now. I think everybody, whether it's, you know, me with my codependency, you with your depressive state, everybody going through this cabin fever of boredom, you know, there's, we're in this together, like YouTube says. <laughs> we're in this together people and we need to just come together and understand that it's not just me it's my community too even something like this we think you know we'd be able to come together to at least save ourselves you think you know we at least care enough to like save our neighbors things like that it's like unfortunately that's not the case we may have lost some people during you know the quarantine um, but we all just need to hug our family members in this time. 
and just be grateful that we just have each other. Like mm -hmm. you and I doing this, I'm so grateful that we're doing this together because it definitely makes my day more productive. <laughs> 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 but like, you know, I miss having conversations with you and I miss having conversations with my other friends in the same way. I think you just did a show. Yes, we did. Oh, we kind of went on a tangent at some point. We did a show. Yeah. How do you How do you feel this our first podcast episode? How do you, How are you feeling about this episode? I I liked it. I liked it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. This I definitely like this. Um, I think we did a good job. Here's to more to more episodes and more discussions and yes. more conversations about important topics whether they're important to everyone or just important to us. Until next time. Until next time. See you later. See you. Bye. Bye.